Well, hello everybody, Darren Clark from Podcast. You know the drill by now if you're a regular listener. If you're not a regular listener, then you can go back through and listen to the introductions that I made in last year, you know, 2021. This is the first podcast of the year, which is pretty apt. It's 2022, isn't it? Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you a nice Christmas uh, and all that shenanigans. Right, uh, as you guys know, guys, guys and girls know, I've uh, got a mic that I'm supposed to use for these podcasts, but I haven't using it. I've got uh, literally a piece stinging because the mic's in a box somewhere. I can't find it. It's in storage. I'm also drinking a cup of tea. I have a mug that I got for Christmas that says Funkle, like a dad, only cooler. Also handsome and exceptional. And I quite like it. So I'm drinking a cup of tea and I'm eating those little round chocolates that you get at ambassadorial dinner parties, I believe. So I'm not going to make any apologies for any of that. And there's a link somewhere. If somebody wants to buy me a coffee, you can scroll through. I'm sure there's a link on Podbean uh, where you can go to a website and put a couple of quid in to buy me a coffee. But again, not about that. <coughs> Why are we talking on podcasts today? Uh, we're talking about a bit of history. Right. When I was a wee nipper, growing up paddling in Yorkshire, not that wee, sort of mid-teens, and there was a, a Yorkshire paddler called Ron Reimer. And he lived up near the Ooze. He was one of those paddlers that you saw infrequently. But when you saw him, it was always because you were doing some sort of proficiency assessment or rescue course or something like that. You know, he wore his best wool jumpers and Wellingtons and all that stuff. And he often talked of a section of river called Linton Ladders. Now I remember as I progressed into my teenage years, being about 17, 18, uh, organising a rodeo at Linton Ladders in the summer, summer months, uh, and the rodeo was basically playing around in the little, uh, it's like a fish ladder, playing around in a fish ladder. <coughs> big old Hubble bubble pots if you will you can jump in and float about a bit and float down and run through a crack and surf some little waves and it's quite nice uh, i remember reading about this section of white water in canoeist magazine i think that was stuart fisher's publication please correct me if i'm wrong and uh, it used to have a section called squirt spots uh, squirt boating was the emerging spot of the time and There'd be Arncliffe was in there as well, if I believe, and Stanley Embankment, uh, and Linton Ladders was in there for squirting. So I did take a squirt boat in there in the summer. That's where I learnt to blast, if I remember correctly. Anyway, I digress. Today I've been back and uh, paddled with some friends. Took an old school boat with me. I took a Pirouette S. They're doing some work at Linton, uh, and it's not gone very well. I'll be quite honest. There's, some, there's an Archimedes screwing on the river right, which is oh, just a bit of a travesty, really. It's turned it into a bit of a building site, and needs a lot of work to develop that part of the river. And uh, there's a pump house. I think it looks like a pump house. 
maybe some sort of old hydro on the left in the pub and that was stopped it stopped usage in the 50s so i don't know why they built one on the right when the one on the left stopped in the 50s because it wasn't viable and then they built one on the right you know opposite that they believe is viable when they just modernize the one on the left anyway i could be completely wrong on that and if i am please mention somewhere in comments uh, and i'll do a bit of research and if you know the research that'd be brilliant excuse me but why am i talking about it? i'm talking about it because for a few hundred meters of river of rapid i had such a great few hours it's relatively close to where i live now and i woke up this morning i didn't want to drive up to the tees for low water so i drove there instead took a stove took some sandwiches had a cup of tea looked at the wide beam river boats and day cruisers that are moored up got on and ran down the, the humped wave and the crashing wave afterwards there's a good chunk of water flying down there but it's relatively high volume although it's relatively short it's exceptionally short and it took me a while to piece together a puzzle and isn't this what kayaking is lovely and all about piece together the puzzle of surfing one of the waves from the eddy so making a ferry out from one of the waves and catching a boil and bouncing onto the onto the wave and i caught the wave a few times you know, less than a handful and it was a zigzag left and right and a bounce bounce keeping the nose from purling and zooming you off the wave a short modern boat wouldn't have caught the wave due to the nature of the the move that you had to make out of the eddy across the boil and across the eddy, eddy fence as you will onto the wave so a short boat wouldn't have done it you wouldn't have had the speed so i had a pirouette pirouette s and it was really good and it serves really well does this pirouette s except my spray deck doesn't fit super well because it's got a really shallow uh, cockpit room and i need thinner bungee on a deck so that's on my shopping list got no outfitting in this boat and it's a little bit leaky through the bolts not that there's many bolts in the boat but it is an old boat it's pure s it's probably early 90s yeah i'm guessing maybe 93 as a boat 93 94 as a boat but it still works fine you know for that sort of thing excuse me it's about i took up on the tees last week when i uh, decided not to paddle it because the tees was much longer than i wanted to wait for a little run instead with a little mountain uh, marathon uh, excuse me a second i must have one of these little chocolates That was noisier than it should have been and longer than it should have been so i apologize well don't apologize at all because if you were in my living room listening to me talk about this stuff you'd see me scoff anyway and drink tea and that's what i think this podcast like and it? it's like sitting in somebody's living room or in the car if you listen to it in the car but I'm, I, dig I digress let's go back to linton
The stories I heard in my youth of Linton in flood and the big wave traders scared the big Jesus out of me. And those stories, the stories of sort of pop culture, or well, of the popular culture of the day, have sat with me and resonated with me for all these decades. And when I got there today, I can see that the waves, while they are relatively big for lots of people, I've had the waves much, much bigger in my time. But I can see how a younger me would have been scared by that situation. I can see how a younger me, without the confidence and the experience, would not have got on and paddled those waves. And now, as I've come home and drink tea and eat Ferrero Rocher and you listen to me crunch and pause, I can sort of put those stories to bed, metaphorically speaking. I've done that a few times recently of stories from my youth and rivers from my youth that have sort of sat as mastheads in the legend of the community. And I've put them to bed. When I paddled the River Air from Kirkstall down to the Dark Arches, a river of many decades of a descent, really, because it was, I wanted to paddle it when I was in the early teenage years and I paddled it very recently. Same with surfing the waves at Linton. And I know people can listen to this podcast and say, yeah, but we've surfing loads. And I have to really thank John from York Canoe Club, who gave me some, some beta on what are nice levels and what gauge to look for online. And that's a, that's a great thing about the community sharing. We never really had that when I was younger, because it was either up or it wasn't. These kind of things matter. And it was nice to pause when I got changed and left. And I parked up outside a pub. I don't drink. I was never going to go in the pub. But I parked up outside the pub in a little village on the river right bank. That was the last time I saw Ron Ryman before I passed away. Sat drinking in that pub. My dad had taken me to Linton, taken the afternoon off work. I was too young to drive. We put my old Eskimo Topolino in the back of the car. I dare say I set a sleigh bells. And we'd driven up to Linton. We'd picked Ron up on the way. And we'd played around and splashed around. My dad watching on. And afterwards we'd gone to the pub. My dad buying Ron a pint. And I had a coke. Probably something like that. Maybe a weak lime drink. So I parked, I parked outside that pub for a minute or two. And I remembered back to the times my dad took time off work to take me kayaking or my mum drove me to meet friends to go kayaking. The dedication that my mentor shown for developing me in the sport. And that's a beautiful thing. Excuse me. When I was laying in bed this morning, I saw some video footage that Fred Wonder has shared of him and Sean Baker 
making a possibly the first descent, our first recorded descent of Swallow Falls in North Wales. And then chip shop drop on Frigley. Back in 86, I think. People like that and stories like that that resonate again through time. I remember sitting in what was Dill's Diner. It's nearly Al what was the Alpine now in Bertus. Dill's was either the same cafe or two cafes down, I can't quite remember. But I remember sitting in Dill's and hearing about these descents that Sean and Fred, has, Fred had done. It was years later. Ray Rowe on Swallow Falls in a Swiss Top 360, I believe. Composite boat. Bill Blaine and Dave Crooks in an open boat. And every generation goes and runs those drops. They're used quite regularly as steep creaking courses. I've used them myself. It's interesting to watch how the stories again of myth of descent become either lost to time or sit as sort of ghouls for people. We get that a lot in our sport. How the stories of rapids, the stories of drops echo through the culture, the cultural, the cultural identity, the cultural landscape that we sit in, and people, and they resonate with certain people. Yeah. Euthanasia on the dark, Nutcracker Rapid, mm. Town Falls, Serpent's Tail's got a sting in it, Tombstone Rapids or the Graveyard. I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. When we name rapids, we give them a sort of personality. And Nick Hopkinson said that, I believe, in uh, one of the, I think it was Pushing the Limits. Uh, in a man being lesser and worse and paddling. We sort of give them a personality. And I'm sure we name rapids so that we can identify, well, we do name them so we can identify and we just, that we don't go, it's that rapid there where Bill broke his paddle and then you take out at the next rapid after the lay by that you can't quite see and the one where the sheep are in the fields but watch out if there's only six sheep and not four you know we don't say stuff like that do we we give them names and it sort of echoes in our in the sort of popular consciousness of the culture and people can get tied up in that so again it's me off at tangents but i think sometimes it's quite nice to go back and relive those, relive those tales, really. So today I relived the tales of Ron Reiner, the tales he told me about the big humped waves. And it was nice that it echoed with the video footage shown of Fred and Sean at Swallow, because I remember those stories as well. And I've done many descents of Swallow Falls, not the lines they took, and not in the boats they used. But I've done, I've done it many times, and it's it's nice to be a living representation of those stories. Because in doing so, we are part of the folklore of our sport. Social media kills it a little bit, and I can see the irony posting this on social media. But social media does kill it because we get instant gratification and instant. Uh, 
instant knowledge that something's been done. It doesn't take very long for the dissent to become known by the population. Whereas when I first started paddling, a dissent or a surf wave or a new trick may take months, if not years, to progress through the community. And it's something to consider, isn't it? How we interact with the folklore around our sport and how we interact with the people within the culture and within our communities. But most of all, what's really important is that we live every day we paddle and we tell stories and it becomes important. Because if we don't tell stories of dissents, of myth, of folklore, then it will be lost. Because kayakers are not like climbers and we document our dissents really haphazardly. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, perhaps climbers document their descents because they have to spend lots of time in tents and mountain huts waiting for the weather to turn so they can climb. Whereas we don't have that. We get on kayak in the rain. And if it's sunny, we go and surf some waves. And we don't necessarily have that community, that, <coughs> excuse me, that literary history. There are a few books that cherry pick parts of our folklore and parts of our stories. But we, we don't have a big documentation of it. And that's probably a good thing. But, as is always the case, my mind's worked in a sort of, I was going to say like a ball of wool kind of way, but it's not a ball of wool, it's like a tangled mess of loose ends, really. But we've talked about stuff, and that's good. I want to wish you all a happy new year, and let's hope that this year, I'm not going to say the trite stuff, you know, joy and happiness and all that rubbish, because I hope that we all live each day with a bit of joy and try and be happy. But let's try and push ourselves a little. It doesn't matter if we don't, does it? Maybe we just have to have the intention there. I intend to go paddling a few more days a month. I intend to be a, a better uh, provider of safety for my friends. I intend to get better at reading rivers. I intend to lead more often. Have that intention when we go out, perhaps. Don't just go out like we've always gone, try and be better people. And I know, you know, we all make mistakes, and I've made more than enough in my time. That's it. I've got one more Ferrero Rocher to eat, and it's one of those, it's, it's a white one, and it's full of coconut. And uh, I know that if I eat it, it'll be really noisy on the mic. So I'm going to sign off. Love you all. You guys are amazing for listening. And uh, thanks so much for the people that have done a shout-out over social media recently. Uh, it's really touching. So namaste, everyone. As they say, be the peace and all that. Uh, om shanti, om shanti. And I'll catch you again soon enough.